0: Before we jump into the homily this morning, just uh, one quick announcement. That announcement that this weekend is Catholic Service Appeal uh, Commitment Weekend. You'll see at the end of the pews that we have uh, the Catholic Service Appeal envelope. If you've given in the past, you would have received this in the mail or an email as well. As well, if you're on our email list, uh, we sent out... A video with the Catholic Service Appeal on Thursday. What does the Catholic Service Appeal do, by the way? It brings all the parishes together to support the many different ministries throughout the Archdiocese, be that Catholic education, seminary formation, uh, different uh, ministries, especially in mission territories, well as hospital chaplaincy, and so much more. So thank you for uh, your generosity. We as a parish have a goal, I think this year, of $50,000. We, we reached that goal last year. We hope to reach that goal again this year, but we need your generosity uh, for that to happen. So once again, make sure to either take an envelope or fill out an envelope. You can drop in the operator basket, you can mail it back, or they're recommended to go online and use the QR code where you can watch the video. Don't do that right now. Instead, try to listen to the homily instead of doing that. But once again, Catholic Service Appeal Weekend, it's a beautiful ministry. We're not showing the video this year, uh, but instead we encourage you to watch the video online and to be generous in your uh, support. We jump into the readings uh, this this week, and I just find it very interesting, and in a a not Minnesota interesting way, by the way, uh, (laughs) that in Mark's Gospel, we jump right into Jesus' public ministry. We're jumping into it, and what do we see? This is very important to see. We see that Jesus, that God cares about us. That he wants to be with us. He wants to give us what? Comfort and healing. But Even more importantly, he wants to give us himself. We see this in in Mark's Gospel today. Once again, Mark chapter 1. There is Jesus. He's in Capernaum. And he's visiting with with Peter and and James and and John. And they go into Peter's mother-in-law's house. uh, Well, Peter's mother into Peter's house. And his mother-in-law is is there. And she's afflicted with with a fever. And they tell her, they tell him about, about her. She's sick. And what does Jesus do? He approached her, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Jesus, the divine physician. I love this title of Jesus. There's many different titles we have of him, but I love this title of Jesus the divine physician. Because he's not only here for physical healing, actually, he's not here for the physical healing, he's here for the spiritual healing. We see this later on in in, in this this gospel account as well, that the whole town of Capernaum comes to to Jesus, and they bring to him all those who were were infirmed, all those who were ill or possessed by demons. And what does he do? He cured those who were sick with diseases, and he drove out many with, uh, with, with, with demons, Jesus heals. This is what he longs to do, to heal us. And there's a sacrament that really specializes in this. So there's actually two sacraments that specialize in healing. They're called sacraments of healing, they are reconciliation and anointing of uh, the sick. Actually, on Tuesday night, some of our students were receiving first reconciliation for the first, first time. They're very excited about that because they're going to be healed from their sins. But what does anointing of the sick do? Anointing of the sick also has healing of sins, but also has that healing, if God so wills it, of that physical being, but also letting them know that God is with them in their affliction. We hear about this actually in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There's two paragraphs I just want to share with you today. Paragraph 1503 and 1505. Paragraph 1505 says this. Christ's compassion toward the sick and his many healings of every kind of infirmity are a resplendent sign that God has visited his people. I just want to stop right there. We take it for granted that God has visited his people, that he is one with us. But if we actually stop and ponder how amazing it is But he humbles himself and shares in our humanity. Why? Because he wants to be with us. He wants to be with us in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, to love and to honor us. Kind of sounds like a marriage vow, doesn't it? Why? Because he wants to enter into a covenant with us. We see this with Peter's mother-in-law with a simple fever. Sometimes it's a greater illness, and Jesus heals of that as well. The Catechism goes on, that the kingdom of God, Jesus lets know the kingdom of God is close at hand. Jesus has the power not only to heal, but also to forgive sins. He's more than just a doctor. He's our savior, he's our king. How beautiful this is, because he has come to heal the whole man, the whole person, soul and body. He is the physician, The sick have need of Jesus, the divine physician. His compassion toward all who suffer goes so far that he identifies himself with them. We hear in Matthew 25, I was sick when you visited me. He has preferential love for the sick and has not ceased through the centuries to draw the very special attention of Christians toward all those who suffer in body and soul. It is a source of tireless efforts to comfort them. We know that Jesus is with those who are sick. But we as Christians, too, should always have this preferential care for them. That's why so often at Masses, we have Masses said for the sick. That's why when you come to Mass and you're offering up Mass in your heart and your soul, hopefully it's for those a lot of times that you know are undergoing some sort of affliction. And that desire can be, Lord, heal them. And how come he doesn't heal everyone? This is a question we often want to ponder and we should ponder. Why doesn't he heal everyone? Well, he does. But it's not the physical healing that he is here for. It's our spiritual healing. Uniting us one with him again. Catechism Catholic Church 1505 says this. Moved by so much suffering, Christ not only allows himself to be touched by the sick, But he makes their miseries his own. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases, but he did not heal all the sick. His healings were signs of the coming of the kingdom of God. They announced a more radical healing, the victory over sin and death through his Passover. On the cross, Christ took upon himself the whole weight of evil and took away the sin of the world, of which illness is only a consequence. By his passion and death on the cross, Christ has given us a new meaning to suffering. It can henceforth configure us to him and unite us with his redemptive passion. My brothers and sisters, we know that we are not just living for this world. This world will come to an end. Jesus knows this as well. And this is why he wants to heal us for what? Heal us for eternity. We hear about this, by the way, in our psalm today. Psalm 147, and also from our book of Job as well. But Psalm 147 states what? He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, most especially on the cross. Jesus comes to heal us from what? From that original sin of Adam and Eve to make us united with him, one with him, to be able to share in his divinity. See, he's more than just a physician because he gives himself to us, most especially in the Eucharist. At Mass, right before we receive the Eucharist, the priest holds up, right, the body of Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And what do we say? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Jesus comes to heal. He comes to comfort. He comes to give himself completely to us. And we too need to be like the people of Capernaum, coming to him because we are in need of a Savior. We're in need of this divine physician who longs to give himself to us. And our response to that should be, praise God. A God who longs to be with his people and to heal them. You know, one of the great saints of the church is St. Thomas Aquinas. I read in a a book this past week that St. Thomas Aquinas pretty much lived in the tabernacle. He gave everything over to to the Lord. He was united with most especially in the Eucharist. He had a great devotion, of course, to the Lord, especially the Lord in in the Eucharist, truly present. He's written many different songs about about adoration. But he has a beautiful prayer uh, that that I often say before I celebrate Mass, and and you're able to say it as well. It's the prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas, for preparation for the Mass. I just want to end my homily with with this prayer. This prayer makes reference that we are in need of of a physician and that Jesus longs to be that physician for us. So here is this prayer. Almighty eternal God, behold, I come to the sacrament of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, as one sick to the physician of life, as one unclean to the fountain of mercy, as one blind to the light of eternal brightness, as one poor and needy to the Lord of heaven and earth. I ask therefore for the abundance of your immense generosity, that you may graciously cure my sickness, wash away my defilement, give light to my blindness, enrich my poverty, clothe my nakedness, so that I may receive the bread of angels, the King of kings and Lord of lords, with such reverence and humility, such contrition and devotion such purity and faith, such purpose and intention as are conductive to the salvation of my soul. Grant, I pray, that I may receive not only the sacrament of the Lord's body and blood, but also the reality and power of that sacrament. O most gentle God, grant that I may so receive the body of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, which he took from the Virgin Mary, that I may be made worthy to be incorporated into his mystical body and to be counted among its members. O most loving Father, grant that I may at last gaze forever upon the unveiled face of your beloved Son, whom I, a wayfarer, propose to receive now veiled under these species, who lives and reigns with you forever and ever. Amen.